You're listening to Inner Buddha's Zen Entrepreneurs Podcast, and I'm your host, Trisha Schinkel. I am a CBT certified emotional wellness coach. I'm here to help you along your awakening journey. I help you quiet your mind, connect to your intuition, and remember your life's purpose. To learn how I can help you, please visit www.innerbuddha.ca and click on the Awakening Life Coaching tab at the top of the page. You're listening to Inner Buddha's Zen Entrepreneurs Podcast, and this is episode 47. Today's episode, we're talking all things manifestation with our guest, Aaron Gallagher. This episode is packed with juicy secrets to help you understand manifestation on a whole new level. We are going to talk about Erin's manifestation stories that she's had in her life and what she's manifested, which is amazing. You guys are going to be blown away with all the things that she's manifested, as well as she's got a really fascinating perspective of manifestation. So it honestly, this could be the show that really changes your perspective on manifestation forever. So let's get right into that interview. I'm so excited to bring this to you guys. All right, let's get right to it. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. So today we are talking about all things manifestation. And I have a guest with us as well to kind of tell her stories of manifestation as well. Her name is Erin, and she is a healing specialist and coach. Erin, thank you so much for coming to the show. You're so welcome. I am pumped to talk about manifestation. It's like one of my favorite topics. Oh, I just got chills. So this is going to be a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. So we're going to get right into it. I want to know from you, because I know everyone has their own unique understanding of manifestation and, um, you know, they all have their own definition. So how would you explain it? What's important to me when I'm working with clients and when I'm talking about it with people, I do lots of live videos and stuff, is to, to make sure that people know it's a process. I think a lot of times we get in our head like this magical manifestation and yes, it's important to think about the, man- the magical parts of it and how fun it is. And at the same time, it's a process. So we kind of forget that, that, and we just like, where's the thing? Like I did an intention setting and I, I wrote out the list and where is it? Right. And we get kind of stuck in expectation and results. And I get it. Like we're humans. We're so obsessed with the results and getting what we want. But a lot of times to be honest, and there are many things that illustrate this, but a lot of times when people get what they want right away, it's not a good scene. Like it turns into, yeah. And it turns into something like if you got everything what you wanted in one minute or whatever, it, you wouldn't be able to handle it. Sometimes there's that, like, what is it like the lottery thing that like most people that win the lottery, like either end up bankrupt or worse than they were when they, before they won the lottery, because they don't have the wealth management skills they don't and I don't mean like financially speaking I mean also just in the body like how to deal with the relationship with money having like zero money and then all of a sudden having millions of dollars so there's a lot that goes into it and also a big part of this process is when you ask for something or manifest something your guides will work with you and they'll say okay this person wants this thing we want them to have it so we need to bring up all of the blocks that are keeping them from having it so that they can get over those blocks in order to get the thing. And we're thinking like, oh, I'm doing it wrong. I need my thoughts to be pure and and focused on all the good stuff. And I'm like, well, we also have to acknowledge shadow, you know, when that pops up. So my the main thing, the main takeaway for me is that manifestation is not just like this kind of magical, it is magical, but at the same time, there's it's a process. It takes commitment. It takes um it takes acceptance you know, accepting where you are and accepting the process and not just thinking and knowing that everything needs to be here now for me, 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 because it, it's trust your guides. They know what to give you when. So yeah, that's the biggest part for me is, is letting people know that, you know, um, it's sometimes a lifetime process. Sometimes something that you manifest takes five years to get to you. Sometimes it takes five days. And, and the acceptance part of that is the most important part, in my opinion, in the work I've done with manifestation. <laughs> no kidding. And patience, obviously, is a huge thing in there, right? Yeah. And I think we forget, I do a lot of work in the Akashic Records. In the Akashic Records, I'm shown this lifetime that we're in is important, but it's also important to know that we're part of the soul's journey. We're just like a tiny blip on the soul's journey. So while we're doing things for ourselves and manifesting for ourselves, we're also 
processing things from past lives and ancestral trauma. We're also processing all the things that we're going to create in the future. And so knowing that we're not just now, we are expansive and we go across all time and space and that we don't just, I only have until this time or this day, or I'm going to die at this day or mortality comes in. And it's like, I have to get it all done before this time, but trusting and knowing that like you're part of this larger process that you may or may not see, which is very sacred and amazing and beautiful. So trusting that and also, um, you know, acknowledging it and making space for the, that, that, that you're not just, it's not just about your lifetime. It's about something bigger and it's about planetary alignment and global alignment and other human beings. So there's a lot that goes into it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. You just build this great story. Like I can totally just see it where it's just like, yeah, you are this little speck, right? right. But yet we feel like we are the end all be all we are everything right in our lives absolutely we are but yeah you're right i mean there's a lot and it's of a, work and it's important too because it's like we are it's like this weird spiritual paradox of like we are everything and everything is us and also at the same time we're nothing like it's like it's like yeah. we you know and it is a paradox and it is confusing and so that's why like the work i do is all like no bs no frills like Yes. Like we get to acknowledge when it hurts or when it feels like shit or when we're on the ground crying or when it's, I call it a sacred mess. We're a sacred yeah. mess. Like yeah. let ourselves be messes if we need to, as opposed to, you know, I think a lot of times with the, you know, spiritual communities, it's like this attainment of perfection or certainty or, and we compare our journeys to other people's or we see these women, these witchy women with everything they ever wanted. And we just don't know what they've gone through to get there. We don't know if what they're showing us is true. So it's like really important to be authentic and to be real and all the shadow aspects of ourselves and let that shit come up to come out instead of like, Oh, manifestation. I can't like I used to, when I first started doing manifestation, I was micromanaging my thoughts. Cause I was like, if I think anything wrong or bad spirit will feel that and give me the bad stuff. And I'm like, yes. you have to process it. Yeah. There's so many people. And I've done that too, where, yeah, exactly. It's like, Oh, if I think about the wrong thing, then they're going to bring me the wrong thing. It's like, no, it's the energy of the wrong thing that that is. It could be any wrong energy. It could be anything wrong, but it's just what you're sitting in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And processing through it. And I had a friend once that I was like, I'm just not because she would manifest everything she wanted. And she seemed so calm and serene and grounded. And I'm like, how are you this way? Like, I feel like, and, and I, I was getting really mad because I was tired of people saying just shift. And I'm like, I don't understand this whole shifting thing. I can't just like shift my thoughts and feelings in one moment. She's like, Aaron, I've been doing this work for like 10 plus years. And sometimes shifting takes me three days. And what I'm doing is I'm committing to myself and I'm sitting in a room for three freaking days working it out it doesn't look pretty or gorgeous like you're thinking it does. Like, I'm not saying just shift like in a moment. It takes time. It takes practice. I've been, she's like, I've been practicing Qigong in ba Bali for like 10 years. Like I don't, it's not just something that happens. So trust the process type of thing, you know? Yeah. A lot of people just expect it to happen because they made the vision board or they made the intention and you know, there's no follow through and that's the biggest thing, right? You have to stick yeah. with it, but then you also have to let it go. Right. Yeah. So it is that another spiritual paradox. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that for me was the hardest part. I would get so angry because I was like, I don't understand. It's so confusing to me. It's like, make all these intentions, set these intentions. Don't use negative words. You know, I, I am a creating this, I am creating that. And then you're supposed to let it all go and say, never mind. I'm not creating that. Like, it's fine if it comes or not, that doesn't make sense. And so I would like, <laughs> well, that's the thing. You're not supposed to try to make it make sense. You got to let it yeah. go. So it's yeah. a, again, like I said, it's a process. So no kidding. It, embracing the process and being okay when it feels like crap and when it feels good at both is, is the key. <laughs> but the biggest thing is I personally experienced in a lot lately is that with every breakdown, you're going to have that breakthrough. There's that amazing side of it. If, if you just keep pushing through, that's the only thing. It's just when things start to get hard, people are like, Oh my gosh, I can't do this. Everything's falling against me. Every like the universe is testing you. It's asking you, are you sure this is what you want here? There's an option. You can either go this way or that way. Right? So yeah. It's yeah. It's amazing. It, it's like, I always tell my clients and people I work with them, like when things are, are crappy or happening all at once and you're getting thrown all this shadow stuff or whatever, know that that's your guys playing with you. They're yeah. working with you. Yeah. Like if they weren't at all, you would be sitting apathetic. You wouldn't hear, feel, see anything. And you'd be playing video games for 30 days straight. Like you wouldn't see or hear or feel anything. The fact that you're in breakdown is good because that's your guides like playing with you, showing up for you, showing you the things that don't work. So you can like, the problem is, is when we start to judge it or when we don't accept it. And, and I'm like, I'm always telling mm -hmm. people, play, do it like you would be curious about something like, Oh, 
what is that? Ooh, I don't like that. Okay, well, what do I want to do with that? As opposed to like, oh my God, this always happens. Or uh, like, I knew that was going to happen. Like the whole victim mentality. I'm like, you yeah. have to get really curious yeah. about it. Let go of judgment of like how it looks because it's just going to make it take longer and it's going to make it feel worse. Yeah. It's just like that Abraham Hicks saying where it's like you're launching rockets of desire to the right way because you find out what you don't want so that you can launch those rockets to what you do want. Right. And that exactly. is exactly it. That's it. Right. And I love that. Um, this is an analogy I use constantly because I love it so much, but there was this, I don't know where I heard it, but this thing about Michelangelo and he's creating the statue of David and how he said that David is inside this block of marble. I'm, I'm not creating David. I'm cracking away all of the stuff that is not him. Hmm. And so it's almost like you are in there. Your divine self is in there. You're just calling it forth. And so whatever is not that divine self is being kind of cracked up. The, the masterpiece is already in there. Right. You're just cracking off and moving around the things that don't work in order to like have that masterpiece break forth. Right. I really love that. That's a really amazing analogy. I've never heard that before, but it makes so much sense, right? Because it's, yeah, like, it's like, you're just taking off what's not you. What doesn't belong. <laughs> yeah. 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 So when I, we met obviously through Facebook and on the Facebook post of my manifestation, I was looking for stories. I wanted to share something amazing. And then on that post, you did mention that there was a series of divine events that led you to um, something amazing. So I want to hear all about that. Yes, it was super juicy. And I love talking about it because, and I'm so glad you asked, like, what was your best favorite, most amazing manifestation? Because yeah, I always, I always say the miracles are in the mundane. Like even the smallest manifestations can change your life forever. So um, I love that because I thought, ooh, like it's such a point of perception. We don't, like, it can be anything. Like, what is it? And I had to think about all of the amazing things I've manifested and seen and, and created. And the biggest thing that always pops up for me is when I manifested my twin flame. And I'll talk a little bit about what twin flame means because I think the words twin flame have this kind of um, archetypical, like, mm -hmm. story around them. And we'll talk yeah. about that, like, like we're, but, we'll get um, it. yeah. And, and sometimes it makes it where, like, somebody will look up twin flame and look up all the story about it and get stuck on how it's a set process. I'm like, I mean, yes and no, but there's a, a bigger, a bigger, larger piece. Cause it's about activating a part of your soul. So it was like when I was ready to be activated, it happened. So I'll explain what happened. So in 2014, I got sober and when I stopped drink, I had been, so for many years I was an empath and everything else my whole life, but in order to numb that, because my feelings were too much and I didn't know what to do with them, mm -hmm. I got into drugs and alcohol. And I always say it was just a numbing agent for some people. It's yeah. food for some people. It's sex for some people. It's gambling for me. It was drugs and alcohol. So I was like, pick your numbing agent. That was mine. Um, so I numbed for many, many years. And at one point it was just like, um, it, when it got to the point where I couldn't live anymore. It was like 17 years of this. And I was just like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Um, I quit drinking and I had this huge spiritual awakening. Like I always say it was like a semi truck to the face. It was like, like I started hearing and feeling spirits, like everything started happening. I was like, what is going on with me? And so during the first year I did a lot of what I call spiritual dancing, which was like, I tried tarot and then I got a reading and then I went to a medium and I went to an astrologist and I did all of this kind of like flitting around to do. So the first year of my not drinking thing was, was working on my own healing. And so, and I knew in that process that I was not ready to be with someone else. So I was like, in that beginning time, it was like, all right, I'm focusing on me. It's about my healing. It's about like, what do I want to create? Like, who the hell am I? Who did I become? Who am I now? What's going on? So in that first year was a lot of that. So, so that was in 2014 that I stopped drinking. And in 2015, I went with a medium or I went to a medium and I had, I had dabbled in mediumship before and gone to a medium. And, um, and so I kind of knew what it was about. Uh, but I had never gone with a really strong intention for, for connecting to like one specific person in a just set where it was like one hour, just me and one per person talking about, you know, connecting to this one soulmate I had. So in my past, when I was in dr drugs and alcohol really bad, I was like, I got right into the hard stuff right away. So crack, meth, the whole thing, it was really bad. And during that time, I um, met one of my soulmates, Jason. And um, I'm already feeling him come in right now. So he's like <laughs> all around me all the time. But um, we were like 
kind of like punk rock kids. And I was 18 and he was 25. So I was like, he's this older man, you know? So I was like, mm -hmm. I thought, and, and he, I was just so turned on by that fact that I'm like, you know, like someone older likes me. And he was like, had long black hair and he was like super punk rocker. Everyone loved him. He was a guitar player. He lived in a storage shed to me. That was freaking awesome. You know, I was like, oh. <laughs> Uh, it's like so like now of course, back at there like how cool was that really <laughs> now of course it's awesome to have like a home and so you know like and you're responsible <laughs> and, and committed to your growth and then I was just like cool he lives in a storage shed um but I just thought he was so cool and he was such a punk rock dude and he was so hot and he had these big blue eyes and just gorgeous gorgeous man and we were together for two years but we got into drugs really bad together and it just like crumbled and during that time like I know that um, it was meant to happen that way, but I also know that, man, if we were clean, like what we could have created, what we could have done, but I wanted to connect with him in this meeting reading. So, um, so I went to connect with Jason and we talked about a million different things, but, but at the, that's a whole different podcast, but at the end of the session, she closes her eyes and she's like, he's pulling forth a soulmate. You have a soulmate coming and he'll be coming to you soon. Like he's like showing me this other person. And I was like, uh, I was completely blown away by that because I knew right at that point that I was in my own healing and I didn't even have that in my mind at all so I was like mm -hmm. okay I I did not know what to do with that information at all I was just like okay and I also I knew I did believe I do believe in mediums but at the time I was like how does she see a per like okay I don't know if that's right or whatever but that's weird and so I just kind of like let it go and was like all right so after this reading I um, my best friend roommate went to Mount Shasta and I was living in Los Angeles at the time. Or was I living in Boston? No, I was living in Los Angeles at the time. She went to Mount Shasta and she said, I went to this metaphysical shop and I got you a gift. I'm sending it to you. So a few days later, I got these um, uh, cards that were like these Oracle cards that she sent me and they were the angel, like Doreen virtue angel cards or something. Yeah. And, um, and I decided one day to, and this was right after the medium reading, to open it and like give myself a reading. The very first card I pulled was Twin Flame. Oh my God. And <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't even connect it to the medium reading then because I was just like, oh, and I hadn't really heard of Twin Flame, but I knew it had something to do with soulmates, but I still didn't connect it to the soulmate thing because I was in my brain about, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. And it didn't hit me until I read the, the book. And in the book, it said, um, you have a soulmate that knows about your twin flame or something like that. Like it was like literally saying you have someone that knows about a, a soulmate being sent to you. And I was like, I literally How just, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just went to a medium reading where she said that same thing. Mm -hmm. she, and it didn't even say like, you have a soulmate coming to you. It said someone knows information about a soulmate coming to you. And I'm like, that's literally, Oh my God. Like I couldn't wrap my mind around it. So I was just let like, that go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that happened. And then right afterwards, um, I was getting into the astrology of it and I was writing up all these things and I was, and it says on, in the, and said in the book, write a letter to your soulmate, let them know that you're ready and you're open. And I thought, okay, I'm going to write a letter to Jason and his spirit guides. And I'm going to let him know, I'm going to say, Hey, I remember that, remember that medium reading. I know that, you know, the woman I went to the medium reading said that you said that I have a soulmate coming. I just want to let you and your guides and my guides know that I'm open. I'm ready. So I wrote this big letter. I'm open. I'm ready. And then I also put the disclaimer of that being said, I'm not attached to any results. So whatever happens at whatever time I'm fine with. And I really think that was like the key because I let them know if it's in a year from now, if it's in two months from now, I'm fine. Like, I just want you to know, like, I heard you and I'm ready. And there was something that Jason used to say when he was alive, which is, which was, um, he used to say, if you, if you write a letter to someone that's died and you burn it, it will get to them faster. Hmm. And so, um, right after after I got that twin flame card, of course, all in divine timing, a friend of mine was like, I'm having a full moon ritual at my house. Like, come over, we're going to do. And this, of course I wasn't drinking. So she was like, we'll do like mocktails for you. And we're going to like, she was like kind of those, one of those cutesy party planners. So like, we'll have all these little things. And I was like, okay, that sounds fun. And I didn't connect that I could bring the letter to the full moon manifestation or the full moon thing until like yeah. uh, the next day. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to bring the letter. So I brought the letter there. We had, we, I, I, it was Venus retrograde, which is funny because it's Venus retrograde right now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, of course, Trish, she's asking me to do this podcast right now during Venus retrograde because yeah. that's what happened when I manifested 
Chris is his name. And uh, so, and it was a blue moon, which means it was the second full moon in, two, in, in the same month. And it was July 31st, 2015. So it was Friday, July 31st, 2015. And I had written this letter and I didn't read it to everyone out loud. But at the end of the night, we all went outside and we lit candles and we just sat in like sacred silence. And I read the letter to myself and they were just sitting around like so excited to see what happened. And I, I burned it. And then we planted it in one of her plants that she had outside because the woman that did the party was moving. She's like, I'm moving to Oregon, which is funny because now I'm in Oregon. So it's, mm. it's all sort of but she's like, I'm moving to Oregon and you can take this plant with you. So I took the plant, I took it home. And that was, like I said, Friday, July 31st. And three days later, three days later, three, uh, I was on Facebook mm. and I was writing, I, I did this post and I was like whining because I had a, I had, I love heavy metal music. I love really heavy music. So I was like going to a Slipknot concert in Vegas, in Las Vegas, and nobody wanted to go with me. So I was whining and complaining a totally like a whiny Facebook post. Like yeah. no one wants to come with me. Like, fine. I'm just going to end up going to like driving to Vegas, going to the show and coming home how or how sucky or whatever. And I was just about to delete it. Cause I'm like, this is such a whiny post. Like I'm deleting this. I don't want to be one of these people. And someone responded and she's like, wait, I know someone, he's a guitarist. He just got sober too. He loves heavy metal and I, he would probably go with you. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think romantically. I was like, this is awesome. Like, I, I really go like, with, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this dude. And so that was three days later, we started talking on Facebook and within like minutes, I was like, oh man. Like who, I was like, who is this guy? So I like in, in the chat asked him out on a date because I was like, we were talking about astrology and we were talking about Baphomet and we were talking about Merkaba and we we're talking about all these like sacred geometry and all this stuff. And I was like, Ooh, I want to go on a date with this guy. So three days later, I was introduced to him on Facebook and then eight days later. So it was eight days from the full moon, full moon thing we met in person and I'll talk about this in a second, but it was like, when we met, it was like something activated me where the whole date I had to keep going in the mirror and looking at myself. Cause I was like, I felt like I was melting away. I, I felt like a different person. I kept looking in the mirror. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, understand. Like when I looked at myself, I was like, who is that? It was very weird. It was almost like different parts of myself were falling away. And I know and we'll talk about this in a second that when you meet your twin flame, it's like meeting yourself. Yeah. in a different human. So it was like crazy, but yeah. And the day that we met was on 888, which is August 8th, 2015. Cause two plus one plus five right. is eight. And it was the Lionsgate portal. So it was like, <gasps> the most, I remember that. Yeah. And it was the Lionsgate portal of two. So it was 888. And it just, there are so many more, uh, synchronicities <laughs> than that, but that, that's the like huge story. That's like the smallest nutshell. That I is tell amazing. Just, I know. <laughs> around time. Like that's quick. And it honestly, I feel it is because you were just so open to, you weren't attached to it. That's the biggest thing is with manifestation, we get so attached to outcomes. We make them mean things, right? And it's just like, you let that go. You, you just yes. said, no, I don't, what if it's a year, a, a, a two days, whatever, right? And it ended up to be three. So three is a lucky, a good number for sure. Yes, creation, you know? Yes. It's like, and it's like, did it on Friday and then there he was on Monday. And of course we didn't meet in per pe person until like Saturday or whatever, but it was of course meeting on until I, I didn't even realize until afterwards. Cause I told my friend Kim about all of these things. And, and I was like, I've met my soulmate. This is him. And she's like, that's not a soulmate. That's a twin flame. That there's that all of the things that you said in the order that you said them, it's that's, it's different because I explained to her how I felt when I met him and what the feelings were like and all this stuff. She's like, no, because part of the story is that like we met, we went bowling cause we're both like, blue collar, white trashy. We love bowling. So we're like, let's go bowling. So we went bowling for our first date and we could not leave each other's side for the whole weekend. And within eight hours of meeting, we were saying, I love you. We were saying, I'll never leave your side. We're getting married. We're never leaving each other's side. Like, this is it. This is it. Like we knew. And that was what he said when we, within, like I said, within eight hours of seeing each other, knowing each other, he said, is this love? And I was like, yes, we're, uh, this is that. It was just like a perfect, so perfect. crazy. It just kind of just all went together, and it just like that. And that's what they talk about when when you're trying to meet that certain somebody. It's like there's that zing, right? You you zinged. Yeah, it was <laughs> a complete activation, and and it was and it was it totally makes sense now that it was a year after I got sober because I needed that first year to be like 
what's going on with me. And then as soon as I got to a place where I'm like, okay, I'm kind of figuring it out. And then boom, they send me another step, semi truck to the face. <laughs> I'm like, well, oh, yeah. we can all look, yeah, it's all different to everyone. Right. So, it is. so, okay. Now you've got me curious because I'm personally not very familiar. I, I know I found my soulmate and I can, I know that feeling that you you're talking about and how that connection, you just, you can't leave each other's side. I know that through and through that's me and my husband for sure but twin flame that term always confused me right and I want to know what is it what how like what is a twin flame what's a soulmate what what is all this stuff it is really confusing and there's so many like sources and people talking about it online and and every situation is its own you know every situation is its own so the thing that I can think of that best sums it up is like um to think of it like water, like bodies of water. So there's the ocean and then there's rivers and then there's streams and then there's tributaries and then there's a tiny little offset of like just one little street trickle of water, right? So if you think of souls as like, we're all one, right? So we're all in the ocean. It's all humanity, all together. We're all one. It's like this big thing. And then there are kind of soul streams that we have where we're in like, we are in, um, like a soul group. So we end up in soul groups. Like for instance, I did a reading with someone once where she's a scientist, right? And she's like obsessed with science. And I kept seeing Madame Curie and Einstein. I'm like, you're in the same soul batch as like Madame Curie and all these scientists that came in to do like a certain task here on earth, like to raise the vibration scientifically. Some people are doing that with nursing. Some people are doing that with, you know, there's so many different soul groups. Mm -hmm. And so like, I will have different soul group, but then there's like, like soulmates. So there are soulmates as well. So every single person can have dozens, thousands, hundreds of soulmates. Like my niece is my soulmate. Jason was my soulmate. Uh, Chris, the twin flame was also my soul. You know, it's like we have everyone, anyone can be your soulmate. The thing with twin flames is that it's like, um, in my experience, only one person or soul. So for example, and, and people say, that twin flame is basically like when your soul was incarnated or when your soul began, that it was like um, almost like twins where it becomes two and then it becomes like two little in one sack. It's like two little embryos. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, um, so it's kind of like that where you're the same soul, but you kind of like become your own beings. And one of you goes off this way. The other goes off this way. You're both kind of in the same soul batch where it's like, even if you never meet your twin flame in this lifetime on this plane of existence, you're still connected. And like, when you rise up, they rise up, when they rise up, you re you're connected in like a teeter totter almost where mm. your souls are. So you can close your eyes. Like you can close your eyes, even though your husband is your soulmate and everything, you can still connect to your twin flame and it doesn't have to be romantic. It doesn't have to be romantic. It can be a woman. It can be a man. It could be just a twin flame that is like, that was with you. And, and sometimes human beings come into this lifetime and they don't necessarily have to have a twin flame connection. Like sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. It just so happened that I chose this lifetime to have a twin flame connection. And not only did I choose it to happen in this lifetime, but I chose it to happen on the same, like on earth and in California. And we both met in person. It's very rare to actually meet. In sometimes you'll like, you'll know they're in the fifth dimension or they're elsewhere and you can close your eyes and connect with them. But that you're in the same place at the same time is very rare. So, um, so that's like a little bit of a nutshell. Also, a lot of times people will say that twin flames is like your soul is one. And then you, you, it's like a soul that turns into two or, or it's a soul split in half. I I've never seen it or experienced it as a soul split in half. I see it as a soul that kind of like a soul story that did split in half, but it's still each individual soul. I have my soul Chris, my twin flame has his soul. It's not like we're half of a soul and when we're together, we're one. Right. Because sometimes I think people take that as like, oh, he's the other half of my soul. She's the other half of my soul. I have to have my twin flame or else I'm dead. No, they're, they're a part of you. They, but it's for your ascension as a human being, for you to learn, for you to grow, for you to expand, for you to make the impact you're here to make. It's not necessarily about your romantic story. You know, it doesn't have to do with that. Sometimes yeah. that's part of it. Like for me and him, we were together for a year. So we were together for a year and it got, and, and people will say this, that during the twin flame experience, you will meet, you will activate each other. It's like the most amazing, like romantic, sexual, sensual, like activated on fire relationship you'll ever have. And it was, and to where, like, if we'd stare at each other in the eyes for too long, it was like almost too much because it literally felt like we were swimming in each other, you know, because you, I looked deep, I looked deep in his eyes and I'd see me. 
Right. And, and the hardest part is that I saw me in its most purest form. And so all of the stuff, like I said, with Michelangelo, that wasn't me came up real quick. And so all of the stuff that wasn't me or him came up and in order to navigate that on a human level was really hard. So our relationship kind of crumbled because it's so hard to deal with that soul matter in a, um, and me and him were kind of awakened, but not really. So it was, uh, it was just kind of messy, you know? So what would you say that twin, okay. So twin flames then really are the ones that trigger you the most, right? Because bring out everything that you don't want to see. Yep. They bring out all your shadows. They mirror you. They are you. They're like every part of your soul in front of you looking at you. So if there's any part that's not you or any part that you're not aligned to that you've, let's say you push down like alcoholism or you push down something saying, eh, it's okay. Like I'm fine. They're just going to keep bringing it up without even knowing it. All they have to do is be around you. And it's like, keeps coming up and it's like, it just gets to be, cause you don't. Yeah. And if you're not open to spiritual, certain types of spiritual awareness, it kind of, it's, it's just, it, it starts being like, like at the, the, at one point I was like, I know we're supposed to split up, but I don't know why. I just know it's not working. And it didn't make sense to either of us because we loved each other so much. And I was like, I just know, I don't know why, but I know that I'm just not, it's not supposed to happen right now or something like that. And it was so hard to explain that because it's like, you know, he was like, but why? I'm like, I don't even know why. Like, I don't know why we're doing you this. Found so it was everything you've ever wanted and you don't want it, you know? Yeah. And you found everything you ever wanted and you don't know how to handle it really. And, and then you start to almost lie to yourself. Like part of my thing was like, I'm awakened and he's not, I'm trying. And he's not like, I'm reading all these books. I'm trying. And like, he's, um, 3d I'm 5d. Like I'm aware, like I'm going through ego deaths. He's not doing that. And it was kind of this judgment against him and what I didn't realize. And a friend of mine said something on Facebook the other day that I have said over and over again, but the way he said it was really great. It was, it was like, um, what if the people that you think that you're more awakened than are actually like way more advanced than you, but you're seeing the shadow of what's keeping you from being that. And, and you think, and it's to protect you from not being that yet. So you're yeah. saying like, Oh, I'm better or whatever. And so I laughed so hard at that. Cause that's what was happening. I think in yeah. many ways, Chris was more advanced than I was spiritually. And I had to say like, well, I'm doing the work and he's not in order to make myself feel you like. You have to though. That's, yeah, yeah. And that's just it. You guys are at different stages, but you don't see that because all you see is what's your perception of it. Right. Yep. What do you yep. keep telling you? What's that story that keeps playing on? Right. So, oh my gosh, that is so, that's so good. I mean, it clarifies things for me because I've heard these terms before and I know that twin flames, I know I've for. I met my twin flame. I'm sure I have because we were together for about three years and all we did was fight, fight, fight. And he's like, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? And why are you doing this? You know, questioning everything I do. And I'm like, you know, and at the same time, I'm like, I'm judging him just as much. Right. It was just that toxic, toxic situation that you can't leave, but you can't bear to be around. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you can't, yeah, because it's like, you can't bear to be away and you can't bear to be around. So right. it's like, and, um, I want to mention also that I think there's a lot of bypassing that's going on, um, in the twin flame communities and stuff where it's like, uh, you'll see a lot in like twin flame videos and YouTubes where people are like, Oh, my twin flame is a narcissistic. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, your twin flame is not going to be abuse you. They're not going to be narcissistic to where you feel like you're being emotionally abused. Like this person activates you. You love them with all your heart. Like the, the, the crux of the twin flame relationship is that you are deeply, deeply in love with them because they are you. And, and I think there's a lot of like, Oh, I'm going to stay with this person or I want them so badly because they're my twin flame. And they end up, people end up staying with people that, that could be their twin flame or not that are actually abusive to them. And I'm like, you can't, just pawn it off and say, Oh, it's my twin flame. So I'm supposed to stay in this narcissistic abusive thing. Let just take away the twin flame moniker for a second and just think, is this relationship serving me? Is it not? Does it feel good? Does it not? Because whether it's twin flame or not, you'll want to feel activated. You want to feel on fire. You want to feel sensual. You want to feel tapped in. And yes, they're made like, for instance, like I wanted to be really intimate and deeply intimate with my twin flame, but I had a lot of sexual trauma from my past and that's something he brought up, but he helped me to get through that. Cause I started going to a sex therapist and she was like, 
do, have him do this and support you in this way. And he was open and doing all that with you. So your twin flame is going to want to support you in that. They're not going to be, and yes, there's going to, there may be some resistance to where they don't know what's going on. And they'll be like, I can't handle this. I'm peace out. That doesn't, but, but that doesn't justify like any kind of abusive behavior or anything like that. So I'm saying this disclaimer because I want people to know whether it feels this romantic twin flame or not, don't get stuck in the romance majestic part of it to where you're in just staying in a, a toxic pattern or a toxic soul contract you know ask reach out for help reach out for support for me or someone else to to walk through and find out why your soul is connected and if it's not working for you right now how to release those bonds for instance i'll say something real quick when i was trying to go out and start dating new people even th two and a half years after chris i still was obsessed with him like my mind was obsessively thinking about him so i was like i need to do some kind of thing to release him release his soul so that i can because i wanted to date i wanted to get out there and meet new people oh, like i was like I'm, I'm ready and i can't because i'm in this i can't i'm just obsessively thinking about it so i did this what i call renegotiating old agreements and i renegotiated my agreement with him and what i did was i just wrote a big letter to him saying i love you i will always love you and and i even told our guides my intention with this letter is to retain our original soul contract when we first came in and incarnated together that's what I want to stick. Everything past that in lifetimes that we've created, like blood packs or something like it, like if we were in a past life where we were burned at the stake or something and we, and we were like unrequited love and we said, if we find each other in another lifetime, we'll never leave each other. Like if there were any right, things right. like that, like erase all of those, burn all of those away, like only the original soul contract is, exists. So I did a lot of work around that and it worked. Like it, it took away my, yeah. my obsessive thinking. And I met an amazing man that I dated for a year after, um, that was like life changing for me. So it was really good to get in there. Know that you have the power to, you know, to move and shift things around if the contract or the soul connection isn't working for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, that's what manifestation is all about is, you know, uh, knowing what you want, asking for it, and then being okay with what you get. Right. Yeah. So. Yep. Except letting go yeah well when you have to you have to and you know when you have to let go it's you don't want to admit it sometimes but that's okay yeah it takes time it's like red residual stuff and it's okay like i said it took me two years to get to a place where i could write that letter so hmm. yeah see look at that the timeline to meet him was really quick but then to the timeline to let him go was a lot longer that's interesting yeah that's what it is it's like i when we broke up i still because we still loved each other it wasn't a bad breakup it was just like all right until next time right and so but that actually wasn't good for me because then it was like until next time had me feeling like okay we're just i convinced myself we're just doing all of this work on our own so that when we're ready we'll come back together and then it created in my mind like i'm waiting for him and right. i was like i don't want to create a story where i'm waiting 10 years for him to be ready and me to be ready like no what if i'm not ever supposed to be with him like and that that idea at the time i couldn't even be with because i was like no i have to be with him. but so i had to go through the process and yes. that's that's yeah. you know that's big. And I'm curious because you've obviously had a lot of experience with manifestation and kind of bringing things in and attracting what you want. So what would you say is the main key ingredient in manifesting and attracting what you want in your life? The key ingredient, I would say acceptance. Acceptance, because the more that you are not in acceptance or that you are in resistance or frustration or suffocation, the less any energy can move. So, and I know that it's hard to kind of like teach or train acceptance. It's like, oh, so I'm just supposed to sit here and go, I accept myself. Like, no, like there's work that you go through in a process to get to those places. And there are pinpoint marks where it's easier to accept than others. And what I mean by acceptance is like when resistance comes up or when frustration comes up or when you know you're crying or suffocate or you can't and it's all here and you just don't know what's going on sit with it be with it you know let it move through you as opposed to just like everything's okay or spiritual bypassing i'm just mm -hmm. gonna do a million you know full moon rituals and stuff all that stuff is great but you really have to the key ingredient is looking at those shadows yeah um investing in yourself committing to the process and i always say this i'm a maniac on a mission like I am a maniac on a mission. I am relentless for what I want. I am relentless for my commitment to the impact I'm here to make, the, the change I'm here to make in my own life and others. So you, if, if you don't have that relentless maniac on a mission energy and you don't show up yourself and say, 
I'm going to do whatever it takes to find the truth of my being, mm -hmm. then it's going to be harder. So it's really, and there's something, I don't know if you've heard of Teal Swan. I really love Teal Swan, but yeah. she is a like spiritual, um, a lot of people are either triggered by her or they love her. So people love yeah. or hate her, but she is like a spiritual leader and you know, guide on Facebook. She has a lot or Facebook, um, YouTube. She has a lot of videos, like thousands of videos. And she talks about twin flames, soulmates, acceptance, like all of the things. Um, she's actually running out of topics at this point, but she's brilliant. And, um, one of the things she was talking about with acceptance is like, um, letting yourself, letting yourself be in any given moment without, um, without judgment and, and, and moving through your emotional, like awareness and your growth and, and your evolving, um, with that kind of, um, magical, like lack of resistance, like I said, and letting the, there's another, uh, there's this other woman, like you were talking about, about sitting in the darkness for mm -hmm. a while in order to like feel all of that and breathe into it so that it can release. Right. So it's like what she calls it is the magic dark. And I think you might've heard of her before. She's like a manifestation late. I can't think of her name. I really want to, cause I hate saying people's things and not knowing their names, but she calls it the magic dark, which is like the time before the manifestation happens. It's like, right. you kind of have to sit in this magic dark of like, ugh. and in the moment we think it's like everything that's yeah. the most terrible thing about us, but it's actually, it's actually everything we need to do in order to get that. So being able to sit in the magic dark, being able to sit in the shadow, being able to accept yourself in that space is the key ingredient in my opinion and also reaching out for support while you're going through that you know that's big oh my gosh Erin like <laughs> that is exactly what it is and I, that's a totally different perspective uh, than what I would have expected right so it's just like just knowing that acceptance is the key and then you can get whatever you want and that's true because whenever you're working through something in order to get past it in order to let go you have to accept it and then move through it. Right. So, yeah. And, and it's, uh, again, it's a process. So mm -hmm. being with yourself in any part of that, as opposed to, um, comparison to other people or, Oh, I should have been there and I'm not there yet. Or yeah. I really wanted this to happen by this time, or I didn't think it would be this hard or, um, you know, there's, there's also, you know, the shadow aspects that we have go back lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes. They go back millions of years and ancestry and we have you know trauma from ancestors and millions of years and and all this stuff so it's like just what i always say is just like sitting in the simplicity of it and the more like simple that you get and the more that you just sit in whatever it is and not let it overcome you and not let you yourself try to define what it is mm -hmm. the moment that you try to make sense of it it's like don't don't make sense. Don't try to make sense of it. Just feel it. Don't make sense. Yeah. It's meant everything's vibration. So just think like your body needs, just needs to feel it. And if you think about like, you know, in the spiritual community, they say like, you know, DNA upgrades or downloads or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's the same. It, it truly is. It's like your, your body's all in recalibrating. Yeah. So in order to, in order for your body to vibrate at the alignment you need to be in to get the manifestation, there's a lot of alignment that needs to happen upwards and everything like I said with Michelangelo that, that shakes off that is not you comes out and so it's going to move through you so what do you think works better to say like oh I hate when this happens or oh my god why is this why is this always happening to me or like this hurts or you know it's supposed to be better than this or different than this as opposed to okay I feel that okay that sucks it's making my throat feel tight okay like just breathing 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 and like letting it move and pass through you and and being aware of it and just letting it be yeah. is what's going to really support in allowing your body to get to that vibration or allowing yourself to get to that place. Um, and it's, again, it's a process that takes time. It's not just like, Oh, I can just sit here and accept it. <laughs> you know? I wish it was that easy, but then uh -huh. it wouldn't, you wouldn't have the reward of getting it because then it would be just too easy to get. Right. Exactly. It's that game that the universe plays, which is oh, so much fun. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. That's why it's like, it's always how to, how to move through it. And I call it grace under fire. Hmm. And I really like that because grace, when you hear grace, you always think for me, I think of people like Oprah Winfrey, like no matter how like in her yeah. shit she may be, she's always in grace. Like she shows up in grace. Yeah. 
And she's like, I see you, you see me, I am how I am, you are how you are. And Grace is like authentic, real, just this is like who I be. And so those, and, and the reason I say Grace Under Fire is because it's like, we're under fire a lot as human beings. There's all this stuff going on on all different levels. What we so letting yourself, and, and letting yourself, allow yourself to be graceful during that, those times when you're feeling not so graceful or happy or serenity laden um, is, is the key. It really is the key. So then what would you recommend to somebody who is actually struggling right now with manifestation that they just can't get it right? I would say to, um, you know, reach out to someone or to get, for me, what always helped me was, like I said, with the spiritual dancing mm-hmm. was to kind of jump from like, I would do, was doing meetups and workshops and reaching out to people. And I get, would get like an astrology reading or I would get a human design thing, or I would go on Facebook groups and talk to people. I would, I would go on a Facebook group and say, I'm having trouble manifesting this, this, or this. How have you guys done it? Get, get information from other people, reach out. Like, especially at this time right now, there are so many people that are struggling. There are so many people that are trying to go it alone. There, a lot of people are trying to apply the same things that worked before in this new landscape. That's not going to work. No. All the things that worked for you before are not going to work for you now. Things that didn't work for you before are now going to work for you. So letting go of all of the ways in which you, you know, like worked your life before, let it all go. Mm -hmm. I I just think of it as like a start over, like start over, restart, reset, like what's working for me? What's not working? What do I want to work that isn't working? Like, so what I like to do is like have an evaluation period where it's like evaluate, and then kind of make a list. Okay, these are the things that I want to work on. This is what's coming up for me now. And, and really as hard as you can, try not to apply the same thoughts, feelings, experiences that you had before because everything's changing. It's a whole new world. The, the pandemic's creating this whole, and it's, it's actually good. You know, this pandemic's creating a space for us to recreate our whole lives and recreate what we want and recreate who we are. And so it's like we get to reach out to people and connect because before we were all on our phones, we were looking down, we were ordering stuff on Amazon, we were, we were not paying attention. Now people are gardening, they're going, I just got roller skates, people are going, like I'm going roller skating, like people are, I saw someone today post on Facebook and they're like, does anyone want to be pen pals? Like people are starting to write letters, like. How much fun would that be? Come on. Yeah, right? it's amazing. So I'm like, people are going back to realizing, and there's this, so I'm, I'm a punk rocker, like heavy metal person. And one of my favorite bands is the Dead Kennedys. And Dead Kennedys, one of their albums from like 20 years ago is called Give Me Convenience or Give Me Death, which really applies nowadays, which means everybody wants convenience. Yeah. And they want everything now. And we've gotten so used to having everything now that we're all big, like, I love all of us, but we're all big whiners because we're like, (laughs) give me convenience or I don't, like everyone can die. Like, I want to get my hair cut. I want to get this. I want to get that. Like, and, um, yes, I understand that. Like I too want everything opening and all this stuff. That's a whole nother topic. But, um, at the same time, it's a new normal. It's a new experience of what we're creating. So in order to do that, it's like, let go of the gimme gimme yeah. and tap into the, how can I be here to support myself and others on this journey? So reaching out, connecting, there's free workshops, free Facebook groups all over the place. Re- like ask your spirit guides really just be like, I don't know if you're out there or not, but if you are, send me the next person that I can connect with that can support me on my journey. Right. And, and, Cause right now it's a time to connect with other people that are going through the same thing. And like I said, with twin flame stuff, it's like the teeter totter. It's like you lift them up, they lift you up. They lift. So, so go out there and meet those people. Like, like we're doing right now, collaborate, do podcasts, yeah. do a live video on someone else's page and have them do a live video on your page, interact, connect, do things like um, that you haven't done before risk get to, get outside your comfort zone like what do you have to lose right yeah and that's what it all comes down to right is we everything is collapsing all the foundations that you once knew are now not not there anymore and we're in that little bit of a wobble and it's okay because the wobble then we can find our balance right exactly you find your balance in the wobble. it's like it needs to be all over the place in order for us to 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 get what we want like yeah. it's almost like like you're, you're juggling all this crap and then at the very end you end up with the thing you wanted, but you need to kind of juggle through the crap before you can get that, that last thing, you know? <laughs> it's not a straight path. It's a journey. No. <laughs> I, yeah. I said that actually in my latest training, it was like, uh, where your journey has a beginning, a middle and an end, but you don't see the whole thing until the very end. Yeah. So, and the lesson in that is to be present right now. 
because if you're if you're waiting until the very end to see everything that it, it's like you can't do that you just have to be present with what what everything is right now get, yeah. get simple get in your body and i always say simplicity is number one so like take a walk in the park and sit there in silence for 10 minutes. You're, the first thought you might have is everyone walking by me thinks I'm freaking crazy. I'm just sitting here like <laughs> what they must think of me. And then all of a sudden you'll go into the next phase where you'll just be watching a bird for five minutes. And then you'll go into the next phase where it's like, Oh, there was something I wanted to do. There was this idea that I had all of a sudden an idea for a business will come up. You'll create a business. You'll make millions of dollars. So in oh. those moments is where the magic happens. Yeah, exactly. Right. The, the answers you seek are all in the silence. Right. Oh, Erin, yes. oh, this has been an incredible yeah. interview. I, right at the beginning, I got the biggest chills I've ever had in my life. Like I can feel chills. I can feel feelings, but this one was big. So I know that this is going to reach a lot of people and it's going to, it's going to open up a lot of people's eyes. So I want people to still follow you. I want them to know where to find you. So where can people find you? How can they connect with you? Oh, thanks for asking. So yeah, so everything I do, my business is called Air Inspirational. So my name is Erin and Erin, it's kind of like inspirational with an ER at the beginning because people are like, Erin Inspirational? And I'm like, no, it's not Erin Inspirational. It's Air Inspirational, like one word. So, <laughs> so Air Inspirational. And um, if you go to my website, airinspirational.com, I have all of my information on there. And then I also on Facebook, if you look up Air Inspirational, everything, Air Inspirational on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere else. Um, also, I do free trainings in my group called Awaken Your Spirit with Aaron Gallagher. So Awaken Your Spirit with Aaron Gallagher. So there's my Facebook group is where I'm most active. I do a video almost every day and um, tons of free value in there. Um, I also do Akashic Record sessions, deep dive coaching consultations. And I just came out with this new amazing three-month package that is called Akashic Quantum Healing Package. And it's everything I've ever done in one three-month package. It's tarot. It's Akashic. It's ancestral journey. It's energy clearing. It's coaching. It's everything. It's really powerful. And the things I'm creating with my clients are next-level manifestations. So if you're looking for like a coach or a guide, um, you know, you can go to any of those places. Also in my Awaken Your Spirit group, there are tons of other people that are going through the same journey. So if I don't resonate with you, someone in there will. Awesome. That is so awesome. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me today and just letting me know about all these crazy manifestations that you've had. And You're I, so welcome. I love it. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. I think we have a lot to learn from every bit of that. There's nuggets of gold in every little piece. So thank you so much, Erin. Well, you You're so yourself. welcome. It's been a joy. It was such a great time. Thank you for everything. Yes. Thank you so much for having, for coming here. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can learn more about me and what I do by visiting my website at www.innerbuddha.ca. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram at innerbuddhazen. I would love for you to leave any feedback you may have and feel free to leave a comment and review on this episode. So go ahead, don't be shy. Again, thank you so much for listening. Much love.